Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm here with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. Along with Ed Neer, Andy and I founded Commodity Research Group, which consults on various aspects of commodity markets. Check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts. We would like to thank EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast as part of their learning network. EKT Interactive offers effective and affordable e-learning for companies and individuals. Sign up for their free Oil 101 e-learning course or learn more about how they help get you new hires, sales teams, and IT groups up to speed fast at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system. We are not responsible for any trading decisions taken. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Andy LeBeau, we have a lot to talk about today, so I'm not even going to say good morning. Let's oh, you got to say good morning, Jim. All right, good morning. All right, good morning. The uh, EIA is is uh, killing us with their with their data. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> let's let's start about not US. only us. Yeah, right. U.S. production data. They um, they it was January 31st. They came out with their um, monthly supply numbers, and they updated uh, November U.S. production to over 10 million barrels. Can you just want to start there and talk about, you know, the weeklies versus the monthlies and, and what, is, what does that mean? Well, let's start with the November numbers because they, they uh, increased what we, had, what we had thought on the weeklies by about 350,000 barrels a day upward revision. So all of a sudden what we thought was November at 9.7-ish or so, uh, you know, you're up over uh, you're up over 10 million, and subsequently, they made um, revisions on the short-term energy outlook by uh, you know another two or three hundred, and we'll talk a little bit more about those in uh, in detail coming up. Um, so they really made a change for um, you know a number of forecasters, including uh, this one. Um, so you're dealing with, but again, the November numbers, we've already traded those November barrels. So it's right. not, you know, it's not, it's not so bad. Um, and and they, they made them disappear. And they made them disappear because what they did was while they increased production, uh, they also increased exports. So they, they made them disappear. And, um, I, I think again, we've talked about this in other podcasts. They are having problems on on trying to um, identify, you know, what what's exports, what's demand, what's production. More so downstream on the on the products, but uh, nevertheless, um, you know, they they made some benchmark revisions. Uh, the market seemed to definitely shrug them off. Um, because again, they were November numbers, but today, uh, they made a, a big, they made a big revision, a big weekly increase. Um, you know, we're going across, we're going along at nine, nine on production and today's, uh, EIA weekly number has us up at 10.2. Right. Uh, 
because they had to take those, you know, those monthly numbers. So, you know, what, what's a, you know, so, what's an analyst to do or what's a trader to do? Cause this is now, this is more real time than November, right? Now we're looking right. at a, a 10.2 production number and, um, you know, that that's way more significant than changing the November number. Right. I, I, so just to clear it up, we get, we get weekly, a weekly uh, supply uh, situation numbers uh, Wednesdays, unless there's a holiday and it's on Thursdays. Um, and then we get, we get monthly at the end of the month, we get monthlies that are re- revising these weeklies. Um, you know, like, so, so basically January 31st, we got November numbers. Right. That, that's the way that works. Right. So, right. so, the, so the November numbers, they go in and do more surveys and those are the, the monthly numbers are truer and uh, than the weeklies, but, Absolutely. but, yeah. but the market trades off the weeklies. We, we, right. The market <laughs> trades off the weeklies, not, not so much the monthlies, right. You know, the monthlies are interesting to give you trends that have already happened. Uh, this is interesting because now it's a higher benchmark using the November number at 10 and what they're doing, you know, that what they've said in their notes and what they're doing is they're now looking at the short-term energy outlook and the monthlies uh, more carefully in some of their weekly data, which is why they, you know, they spit out a 10.2 this week. But meanwhile, the market reacted. You know, today right. market it didn't react so much to, to the November revision, but today, you know, it definitely reacted. Yeah, I mean, today's numbers also had, there's a lot of other things. Production, obviously, was the, the big eye-catching number, but there were other things in there. You know, Mogas up three and four, Distillates up three, nine. A little more bullish than last night. I mean, bearish, sorry, bearish, a lot more bearish than last night's uh, API numbers. Yeah, definitely a lot, a, a lot more bearish. And what's interesting, um, you know, now that you have a 10.2 production number. So this week, uh, there was an, the crude runs were, were way up. And um, there were some refineries that came back from issues last week, but not, we didn't think they were going to be up 700 a day. No one thought they were going to be up 700 a day. But uh, crude runs are about to go down. Uh, because of because of maintenance, let's say those crude runs hadn't gone up that high, then crude stocks would have built very sharply this week. And the point I'm about to make, and you know, it's no, is that is that crude stocks now the production is this high, crude stocks during the rest of February and into March are probably going to build uh, more than what many analysts, including myself, had anticipated, uh, which gives a, it was definitely bearish, you know, more bearish for the market, um, given where production, you know, the production has gone up this much, uh, because we're heading into refinery maintenance. And this is a heavy maintenance season. Um, One of the biggest... Before we get into that, I just want to, back to the weekly numbers, would would you say that these, I mean, it's the stock numbers themselves are good numbers are those, are those like the least likely to be revised because here we revised production up by 300,000 and then raised exports by 300,000 but does it ever say do we ever get like a big revision like that and say okay well therefore we need to have more or, or, or the stock levels are the ones are, the, are like the, the blue chip the best yeah I think the stock the stock levels are the are the one are the probably the best 
the best data from um, the weeklies. That, yeah, from the weeklies because uh, that's a survey. You know, sometimes they have to back into uh, into well, a lot of times they back into the other numbers. Right. You know? Based on they're based on um, some of them are based on modeling, not so much real data. What where the stock numbers, you know, you have to report um, what what your inventories are. And, and similarly, you know, you, you report what production is, but they es- there are estimates in there. Um, so yeah, the stock number is the is the number that that you know is probably the best one on the weeklies. And then uh, one other question on the uh, on the weeklies before we move into the uh, you know the the Cushing. Uh, stock levels that there was a 2.2 million draw on pad five. That's the West coast. Do we care about that anymore? Is that we just, I mean, is that not really, I mean, you know, we, uh, it used to be ignored. Right. Uh, And you know, it only means that if you look at pads one through three, you know, you, you ignore that you, um, cancel out the West Coast. There would have been a bigger, a, a bigger build. Uh, the market still doesn't care that much about the, the West Coast. Right. It cares more than it used to, but nah, I, I don't think that's you know, I, I don't think that's a big deal. Okay, so so now let's talk about um, first of all, bef- again before we leave the production numbers, what does that mean for OPEC? And you know, they they're looking at these numbers too. What are, what are their their next meeting is in June, right? What are they thinking now? Would you say like not even just OPEC but also Russia? Well, they they you know they knew these numbers are going up. The, the EIA in, increased um, their estimate of U.S. production by another three hundred thousand. Last week it was one million, I think, and this week they went up to one point three growth in uh, in U.S. production and Canadian production is going up. Uh, Brazil is probably going up, and in fact, Jim, I think you pointed out what was that non OPEC? You know, non OPEC production was up. What was it over two billion barrels a day? Yeah, they have two point three five, and that include I mean that includes liquids as well, other liquids. So yeah, that's a huge number. Yeah, that's a big number. So you know, as these numbers uh, begin to uh, really, really increase, particularly the U.S. number, if if it's accurate, of course, um, <laughs> you know, th- there's going to be um, yeah, th- th- there's got to be um, some internal squabbling uh, amongst the OPEC or the non-OPEC and particularly particularly Russia. Now, Saudi may argue and probably will argue that, hey, you know what, the, so far this has worked because, you know, you look at Saudi and they're making an extra $100 million a day based on, uh, you know, since the agreement. Um, but nevertheless, you know, so, some of the other, all the producers have to be concerned about losing market share. Right. And, um, you know, and, and I'm, this July meeting is going to, I think a lot of the focus is how do they exit, you know, out of this production, out of this production meeting. Right. They're kind of, kind of like out the, of the production deal. I'm sorry. Yes. It's, it's kind of like the Fed. <laughs> the Fed's trying to get out of this quantitative easing. Um, so let's go back to Cushing. And can you talk about what you see going forward? Um, because with, there's been pipeline issues and, Refinery runs are uh, expected to go down. So what do you see happening? Um, I mean, Cushing has been draining tremendously. So let's, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, Cushing has been draining. Um, on November 3rd, Cushing inventories were 65 million. And uh, today the, the, 
EIA reported them at 36.3. So they're, they're, you know, they're down by uh, 30 million barrels, almost halved. And there were a lot of factors to that. Uh, one, the Keystone Pipeline from Canada um, continues to have have some some issues. Uh, they're um, not at 100 uh, percent yet, um, and that's caused West West Canada crude to really collapse. Uh, WCS trading like 30 30 under one of the factors there, uh, but that's a, that that's an aside. So. It, um, barrels into Cushing have been um, because because of Canada, uh, as well as the Basin Pipeline going down. That's that's a um, significant pipeline from um, West Texas into into Cushing. That went down for a few days, so less supply into Cushing. And this new Diamond Pipeline uh, is bringing barrels out of Cushing into. Um, Tennessee, I think. Um, so there, there's definitely more exit uh, barrels are exit. So less supply, more demand. Plus, uh, because of the Brent TIs being so wide, um, you know, paid to paid to ship it south. Yeah, those West Texas uh, producers, some of them have a choice of sending it to Cushing or to the Gulf Coast. Which right. Right. It's, or, yeah. Right, and if you know, you look at the you look at the differentials for the Gulf Coast. You know, like LL, we'll just use LLS or even that MEH. Um, you know, it's at a, at a nice premium to uh, a nice premium to Cushing. Um, so you know, the incentive there was to was to um, ship, and as a result, you know, Cushing drained uh, and runs in in December. You know, had the runs were out of control in December. <laughs> So, you know, you had high crude runs. Basically, you know, less supply, high demand. You had a good drain. What, what's going to happen going forward? Well, it's, it's pretty clear what's going to happen going forward. The, the Canadian pipeline is going – that will be uh, ultimately uh, resolved. Already we're seeing the differentials to Cushing – uh, lower like LLS, just using that as an example, is is only like two, you know, two dollars over, two fifty over. Um, you know, it was six dollars over at, at at one point, and we're going into maintenance. So what's going to happen? Cushing's going to build. You know, from here on out, I think the next few months, you know, we're going to see pretty good builds at Cushing. Interesting, you say that because um, last week we saw a huge. Uh, uh, position in the spread option market where somebody bought uh, 10,000 April, May, 10,000 May, June, and 10,000 June, July flat puts. Um, the settlement was around two cents, I think. But basically what they're, what they're buying there is they're expecting the market to go into uh, contango. And it's obviously it's a, it's a, it's a lottery ticket type of trade, but it, it you know, it makes it makes more sense when you just talked about how everything that caused this uh, area to drain is now uh, going to reverse, and, and we may see some significant builds. Now, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's enough to take us down um, into back into contango, but um, somebody's placing a little bit of putting a little money down to, to say that it might. 
Um, yeah, and I forgot to add the biggest factor is that U.S. production is continuing to grow. So, <laughs> right, right. You know, let's yes. see, that's the big factor. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you look at that. You look at that bet somebody made or a hedge that uh, that somebody made. I, I'm not sure I, you know, I buy that. But um, you know, one 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 of our um, the, there was one trader who had a view that maybe it was the funds were buying protection um, against the role going from backwardated to uh, contango. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, which is possible. Yeah. I, I you know, it's, it, I'm, I'd be surprised if that was a reason. I, I really think it's just somebody uh, taking, you know, plunking some cash down. Look, at, I mean, a lot of things have to happen for, for it to, to, uh, come to play and you know you really don't need it to get all the way there you just need it to you know maybe it's a five to one or a ten to one play it's 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 a it's a teeny teeny option and uh, the other piece is that if we do get in a little uh, you know market selling off there's so much length that's speculative that tends to be in the front end so if they start to liquidate in in you know <laughs> maybe even turn around and get short that may also crush the the spread a little bit, but um, we'll see. You know, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. The other interesting thing, Andy, now that we brought up my world of options, the um, the biggest open interest is the March fifty seven put with about forty two thousand. It, it it came in chunks too. I think it was maybe one, you know, maybe a hedge fund type type play. But you, you know, you normally don't see you see the big open interest on the sixties, the sixty fives. Um, this is the 57 put and, um, I think it's settled around seven cents. So we'll, we'll see. That's another one that, um, the, the problem with these things is it, it goes off, um, on the 14th of Feb and a lot of these options that are out of the money, they're given up for dead. And so the, the people that are on the short side may not have a hedge on for them. And then when the market comes down, like it's, like it's done, uh, recently, maybe you get, maybe another leg down that gets close. And they and they rush to cover, which we call a gamma rush, and, the and gamma it, rush. Yeah, and it causes all these problems. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. It's, it's another uh, teeny play. Maybe it's the same guy. I don't know, or the same woman. I don't know, but it's uh, it's out there. You know, the, the beauty about options is you can tell what people are thinking about. You know, the price that's away from the today's traded price. So here's somebody plunked down. You know, a bunch of uh, positions that the market might trade down to 57 but you always have to remember there's somebody stepping up to sell it as well that's that's the you know right, somebody saying right. no no we're not going to get that far and probability wise we're still far away we're still five dollars and change away from that number jim oh, yes one, one of um some of the analysis i've been reading lately um has to do with with uh, funds flow uh, this notion that the funds coming into the front or second month is the causal um, is causing the backwardation, and uh, you know has forced the market into backwardation. What do you think about that? Well, you know, Andy, I think it may exacerbate it, but. In the end, it's the fundamentals that drive it. I mean, we've, like you just mentioned, we've seen a huge draw in stock levels. You know, if we don't, if we don't see that draw, we don't see the 
the, the backwardation uh, take place, but, there, but it's, a, it's a huge amount of volume. So you can't say it doesn't have any effect. And they do tend to trade in the first active month and they roll. So, but it's, uh, I, I would have to say based on what we've looked at over the years, it's, it seems to be uh, the fundamentals drive it. So now that we're in backwardation, the incentives to store oil are not there, but it's kind of like cause and effect. It, it's it's uh, simultaneous. You get a, a draw in in um, Cushing. You get a market that moves towards backwardation, gets into backwardation, and the incentives to store are less. So you know, I I think as far as that goes, it's a little overdone. Yeah, I I, I, I was surprised to read one report that that was the leading cause. And I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. With you? yeah. <laughs> Look what happened to Cushing. You know, that's the leading cause. Right. It's too, yeah. It's a, you, you need physical. I mean, we, we focus on Cushing, obviously, because that's, that's where the futures contract is. And there's, there is a lot of financial uh, uh, money involved. But it's, um, you know, when, when you get down to the, to, to the, uh, the fundamental, I think it's, I think it's still fundamentally driven. I, I'm not saying it doesn't have any effect. I'm just saying overall it has to, uh, you have to see, you know, cause these, you, you can, you can buy, people were making plays for backwardation, you know, and it, it wasn't happening. So they're, you know, you saw some spec money coming in and it didn't happen for a while. And then finally it's, uh, it's, it's, it's working and, and you know, look at the demand strong too. I mean, you know, we we could get we could talk about that. Why don't we get into that right now? Um, the EIA has uh, expected growth of one point seven in two thousand eighteen. They have one point six for two thousand seventeen million barrels. This is world world growth in one point seven for two thousand eighteen. One point seven two thousand nineteen, um, and they point out that the uh, IMF uh, bumped up their world GDP growth to plus 3.9% for both year 2018 and 19. So, um, I think the IEA is around what? One, one, four, one, three, one, three. Yeah. So, three. That's, so that's, a, that's a big difference. I know they can diverge, but that seems like a lot, you know? One, yeah. I, I, th I think the answer is it's probably somewhere in the middle, which is what we said our last podcast. We were yeah. looking for 1.45 this year. Right. Um, you know, the IEA made some, made some good points though. You know, they were concerned about what the price effect, what the higher price effect was going to be on uh, demand. So I think that's one of the reasons why they marked down uh, demand. And they also uh, were noting that there was some substitution going on between natural gas and um, fuel oil uh, in some of the emerging markets. And that this was also having a, um, you know, an effect on demand, which is why they had marked it down to one three. I think I think they're a little bit low, but um, you know the, we'll see. The the GDP numbers have been coming in. Uh, obviously, have been uh, they're coming in pretty strong. The IMF number has been has been strong. So one would think that demand is is still going to be uh, relatively robust. Uh, this year, we've already had a pretty cold winter in, the, in North America, so that in the North um, Northern Hemisphere, so that that should help. Um, and go, going forward, um, you know, I, I, it, it still looks, despite what's been going on in the equity markets, you know, it, it still looks like the fundamentals uh, for global growth are, are, at least this year, are, are still pretty strong. 
Well, you know, you know, I follow the uh, the Fed's uh, nowcast. They have one in Atlanta that was uh, it was looking at uh, Q1 GDP in the U.S. at over five percent, and they have uh, since. Uh, it, so each time a data point comes out, they revise their model, and there's supposedly uh, no judgment in it at all. It's pure pure uh, data driven, and uh, they dropped it down to four percent, and I'm uh, you know five point something percent was out. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy eye. So, uh, yeah, but I, but I, you know, I agree with you. I think the 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 uh, growth is not going away. I just, I just think, you know, the 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 bullishness in this market was getting overdone. The funds were getting really long, and um, there were temporary things in there with the, uh, especially with the pipelines that were, uh, you know, goosing it up even that a little bit more. So maybe we're just coming retracing. Uh, now that things are going, I hate to use the word normal, but back to you know, the pipelines coming back, pushing, filling up, and maybe we'll get back to a, a more normal situation. Um, speaking of normal, uh, volatility in this move down has picked up. Not, not that much. It's, uh, it's settled yesterday in the front month at 25.6. Uh, the long-term average is 33. It's probably up a little bit more today. Um, April's 22.8. So again, it's, uh, it's, even though if this market keeps going down and accelerates, it'll obviously pick up, but it, it just hasn't reacted like, say, the uh, the VIX. Boy, <laughs> Andy, I, I used to talk. I used to talk to the traders on the floor, the option guys, and they say, you know, they had a saying: you you sell a weenie, and you you meaning a, tea, a small option, sell vol, and you're you're uh, you know, it's like picking up quarters in front of the steamroller it's like you know walking through a minefield all those uh sayings and boy you you they they do come to pass you so you make money for a year and then you give it back and some in two days you know right or less or less yeah it's, it's that kind of uh, thing uh, a couple of things i want to touch base on venezuela what do you want to tell me about Venezuela? Well, their production is uh, is down to 30-year lows at uh, 1.6. Uh, Maduro has uh, brought in one of the generals to run PDVSA um, to try to stabilize and increase production. But it, again, I, I don't. You know, maybe he'll be able to. Maybe they'll be able to stabilize it, but I just don't see how that's uh, how that's going to be possible with some of their workers just leaving their jobs, uh, if not trying to leave the uh, leave the country. Uh, they did export a little more to the U.S. in January than uh, than December, but um, again, it, it, it's hard to see how uh, crude production is going to uh, increase. Um, you know, I, I think they're still going to uh, decline this year. Um, you know, maybe maybe down to one four five one uh, one five uh, number, maybe even lower than that. Um, you know, their their refinery their refinery complex at um, their refinery complex is is running maybe twenty or or thirty percent. Uh, mm. so, so you know, obviously there 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 are major issues there. Right. Right, and um, let's let's quickly uh, talk about uh, prices going forward. Um, what's what are you working with? What are you looking at for for crude oil? I think the w, um, WTI. Yeah, for for WTI, uh, you know, we are going through a period here where stocks are going to build. 
you know, it, it, particularly with these, um, you know, production is, is truly at 10.2. Um, you know, we're currently um, crude stocks are four, 420 million barrels. Um, I think they're going to build a Cushing. I think they're going to build up to, you know, the, the, um, EIA just said in March up to 452. Our numbers are right there, actually. 450. We just I just redid them, uh, 454, and uh, April like 455. So that which is higher than I had previously had. That's that's a little bearish, you know. I think there's going to be you know when, when we keep getting these weekly numbers, uh, you know, these builds, you know, I, th I think that's going to be bearish. I mean, those numbers, they're getting up to the 450s is not, you know, that's right around five-year average or a little bit higher than five-year average numbers. They're not bad, but psychologically, you know, the market may have trouble um, sustaining, you know, a big, mm -hmm. a big a move. Um Having said that, however, you know, as, as we move into second and, and particularly to third quarter, um, you know, seasonally the, the things should improve. We'll be coming out of turnarounds and, um, you know, that, that, that the market will start looking ahead. Um, so I, I think we can get under 60. Uh, we're not that far now, actually. Right. Uh, I think we get under 60, 57. Ah, you know, we'll, we'll have to have a big liquidating move. Right on the fifty-seven, you know. Right. Yep. Thinking more like you know fifty-eight, fifty-eight and a half on the on the lows. Um, I'm trying to remember last year when we made the low. Was that in June? That was kind of yeah, June, right. July. I think we got down to forty-five. And then to man, I mean, like, well, then we ground higher after that. Right. Yeah. And uh, anything about um, cracks or crack? I mean. Diesel well, prices. They've been, under, they've been under big pressure, and right. you've seen diesel and gasoline come off. Um, you know, which may be in tune with some of the industrial commodities that are coming that are coming off copper. It's getting whacked today, right? Um, so some of these industrial commodities are are uh, are coming off. Uh, cracks have been under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, as as we head into as we start moving into turnarounds um they'll stabilize and they, and they should they should rally up um and, and i think for the year you know looking ahead for the year uh margins should be i, I think they're going to be pretty good uh assuming that um you know demand stays around the one you know around the one five number um you know, demand is going to grow one five where the, there's nowhere near that that much new refinery capacity, uh, which means that we're going to have to um, run refineries at higher levels and you know take some from inventory. So um, you know, I, I think margins should be should be okay this year. Should be good. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we're we're good. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? What going forward? Let's. What, what's the next piece of information you want to see? Is it stocks in Cushing? Another production weekly production number? Yeah, let's see what they do with this production number going. You know, going forward into uh, into February, and obviously another big number is you know this market needs to liquidate. There's so much length. We've been saying it every podcast. I can't believe how long this market is. Yeah, kept it's going a, up. Yes, yeah, it looks like it's shape. It, it may have. Uh, I mean, we we get the numbers on Friday, and they're as of Tuesday. So this this week's numbers won't have like today's action in them. 
right? It's a CFTC numbers. It's Tuesday, Tuesday night's uh, close, I guess. So it's, they're, they're so delayed. I, I've always had a problem with how they define, you know, like, like a, they used to pull out the long only strategies. Um, and I don't know where, I guess, I guess they put them in managed specs or, or managed money. I don't, I don't understand, you know, some, some of the definitions. They're much better than they used to be. So I, I kind of look at those numbers with, with one eye and say, okay, because there's already been, you know, three days of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days of price action. Um, the numbers are three days late, basically. That's what I'm saying. Then you only have, you can't do anything until Monday. So it's almost like four days. That's my own concern. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's something to look at the weekly. The You know, we'll see what the spec thing is. Um, and we'll watch the curves. You know, I think the curves, it looks to me like they're going to start um, softening at least at least here it's interesting in um, North Sea uh, 40s which was at a pretty big premium because of pipeline issue because of the pipeline issue you know that that began to uh, soften uh, and in Asia we're, be, we're beginning to see the you know that that curve soften too but again that's sort of seasonal you know it is it's turnaround time right so, right um, some of that's built in right yeah, so I'll be looking at these uh, options. I mean, uh, the March uh, 57 put, I want to see if that comes into play. Go, like I said before, it goes off the 14th of February. And I want to look at these spread options. And I, I, I would be shocked to see us go into uh, Contango this year. But, um, you know, we've been shocked before by these markets. Yeah, I, I don't – it would be I, – I could see it weakening. Contango would be – yeah, I don't see that right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I just don't see that right now. Okay. This has uh, been Jim Colbert. I'm with Andy LeBeau. been talking about energy markets. Uh, check us out at commodityresearchgroup.com. And Jim, if you want to uh, email uh, either myself or, or Jim, mine is alebeau at commodityresearchgroup.com. That's A-L-E-B-O-W at commodityresearchgroup.com. And Jim's is J. Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N at commodityresearchgroup.com. Great. See you guys next month. <laughs>